0: Welcome to Voice of Reason Radio. We hope you have a great listening experience during this episode. I'm Rich Story, one of your hosts, and if you tune in regularly, well, you'll notice something different about this introduction. We decided, since this was going to be an unusual episode, we'd go all out and change things up a bit. I'm joined by the man who has a job nobody else wants, my partner on the podcast, the Captain America of all time, (laughs) my, my buddy for Dr. White, And the host with the most, Chris Threadholtz. How are you doing tonight, brother?
1: I think you just make Andrew Rappaport, uh, Mike McCrum, and who knows how many other people really happy with that intro. That was Perfect. Oh, Chris Threadholes, boy, Mike, Mike, you love that phrase, I know you do. So, <laughs> brother, I am doing well. Since you flipped the script, I'm doing much better than I deserve, brother. And uh, by the grace of God, I we are finally able to be back together. That was perfect. I love that. <laughs> so, folks, thank you for being with us. Yes, it is going to be a slightly different type of episode tonight. We hope we're, we're going to try and have a little bit of fun here, um, just on an entirely different topic. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. I want to thank you for joining with us, and thank you for being patient with us. We really wanted to do this last week. But Saturday, uh, last Saturday, a week ago, Rich's, the weather in Rich's area uh, in Mississippi was an absolute nightmare. Um, the weather was playing havoc with cell phone and power. So to, to even try to record was kind of one of those iffy moments. So we pushed it to Monday. And then Monday I came down with some weird a creeping crud where... Well, let's just face it. I could lay still in bed, and the room still spun. So it was it was really weird. So I was like, I'm not going to try and sit and talk about these weird topics uh, while my head. You know, I'm trying to hold onto a desk to keep the the room from spinning. So thank you for your patience, Rich. I don't. You're you're absolutely right. You said this to me in text earlier. I don't know what it is about late summer months. It seems to be the one time. Maybe we should just take the month of July off. And everybody who listens screams, "What?" <laughs> um, because it seems that's where we run into the most trouble. But uh, we're so we're so grateful you guys are patient with us. Thank you for for sticking in. And um, by the way, thank you for those when we did we did our last show, which was a rerun, and then a lot of you listened and downloaded to our our voice bite, our voice reason radio by uh, our sound bite. That's what it is, sound bite. Which is what we're our first test at doing a reading of a uh, an article, and it there was I mean, Rich there were about five times as many hits on the on the download as there was on the actual article, so that was pretty wild. Um, So you guys, if that was helpful to you and you like those little soundbite type episodes, let us know if that if you found that useful, if it was something that I, I. so the funny thing is, my pastor, along with you, Rich, were the ones that encouraged me to do it, and he totally loved it. <laughs> He's like, "You need to well, do more of those and go back and re-record like all your ep- all your articles that way."
0: <laughs> well, there's one in particular you were supposed to have already recorded and posted. <laughs> but i am I'm not gonna slam you too much
1: because
0: last the last month has been a little bit all for both of us, and I just look this is the first recording we've done yeah. in a month, so basically we did take the month of July also.
1: <laughs> we pretty much did you're absolutely right i i okay, here's my thing. you've encouraged me to do that article, so is my pastor. My pastor's like really pushed me to do that article. My problem is this. I, I feel really weird about retroactively going... Now, okay, here, here's a question for our listeners. Would it be beneficial to you for me to go and back and start recording articles that have already been written and have already been read by you? Or if you're somebody who doesn't read that often, like blog article stuff, would you like to know or would you like us to do those... It might mean a flood of new mini-episodes. So is that something you want? Let us know. Because I feel weird about it. I'll be honest with you. It's already been written. It's already out there in the in the internet world. I feel weird about going back and doing it as if it's brand new material because it's not. Um, if you go to our website, you'll find it. So if that's something you want, let us know. Uh, you can email us at voiceofreasonradio at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website slave to the king.com and you can use the contact us page. Or if you're one of the people that follow us on social media, um, message us. Let, you know, or just tell us right there on, on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know because no brother, it feels a little weird to me. I got to be honest.
0: But the people on our streaming platforms that downloaded and listened to it probably don't even realize we have a website and never <laughs> knew the articles were there. So, if
1: you we recorded, say it every episode! <laughs> well, I know, but nobody pays attention. Ouch! Uh, and, and, uh, that well, voice not, of Reason I'm, Radio uh, to email it, uh, care of uh, Richard story for that one. <laughs> well, they
0: don't. Nobody reads instructions. Nobody pays attention. I don't know how many of these contests or giveaways I've seen people completely ignore on Twitter to where you're supposed to go back and retweet or like the original post instead of Liking and retweeting where someone shared it. But anyway, (laughs) all these people, all these listeners that we have on these streaming platforms, they may not like to read articles. And I have a feeling all of those downloads on that article that we did receive from the streaming platforms were people that have never read the blog article. That's just my theory.
1: I, I suspect you're correct. But I want to put it out to them because, honestly, it feels weird. It feels a little self-serving. I'm going to be honest. Well, gee, well, you guys, guys listen to this. I, let me, let, why don't you listen to more of my voice? <laughs> well,
0: do this. Send me the articles. I'll read them in my non-accent. Say that you writ- wrote it, and then you can record me reading it on there. And that way they're getting the information, okay. but it's not your voice. And that way they can listen listen to it with someone that does not have an
1: (laughs) Uh, we're never going to get to our episode at this rate (laughs) so
0: well actually (laughs) this is probably a great lead-in because we're talking about things that we're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. with things that seem a little bit bizarre things that seem a little bit out of place um basically tonight's episode well it's not going to be the episode title i sent you my suggestion but <laughs> now we'll just go straight on into the ghostess with the mostus. yeah no, no
1: kidding okay so that that is actually he's not wrong this is actually what we're going to somewhat talk about so uh,
0: let 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 me take just one more ahead. thing go for it we never planned no, on this episode No, we did not. we had a completely different topic in mind for the two weeks or so, actually to, serious that we were, topic. <laughs> yeah, that we were prepping for and discussion, discussing last Sunday, um, Chris and I were texting and talking back and forth, and we had planned on recording Monday. Well, Sunday night, we got off on a weird text message oh, conversation kind of thing, and I was like, Hey, this sounds like fun, let's just make this an episode. And it all stemmed from I don't even remember how the conversation started, but Chris has been watching a lot of these Bigfoot shows and Skinwalker Ranch things, and we got off on a discussion about ghosts and UFOs and aliens and (laughs) demons and all these type of things. And somewhere in there I was sharing with Chris about the fact that when I was little, we lived in a supposedly haunted house that my parents were caretakers of that used to be a stagecoach stop, later was a train stop, Back in, you know, the 19th century and weird sounds and things, just some really bizarre stuff happened that I can remember when I was little. But my mother was really, really, really hyper superstitious and mm-hmm. semi into mysticism, which that kind of played into some of what she claimed. But anyway, <laughs> and yes, that, has, that that does have bearing in tonight's topic. But anyway, that's kind of how we got on all of this. And since then, poor Chris his his duty has been to binge watch as much as he can <laughs> on all the weird, bizarre. And just for our listeners, you know, I'm sure everyone's familiar with most of these terms like UFOs and aliens and Bigfoot and ghosts and demons. But I didn't realize and I grew up very interesting and very interested in all this type of stuff because of some things that happened when I was young and growing up. And I I, I was, I, when I say heavy into it, I mean heavy, heavy, heavy into reading everything mm-hmm. I could get my hands on up until about the year 2000. And a job I had was just too much. I didn't have time for anything. And then I got saved and my interest interest shifted. And all of these former interests and hobbies went to the wayside. But I didn't realize that the word cryptid was now the short version of cryptozoology, which means the study and search for unknown animals and, and animals of legend. And just for the record, there have been some of these creatures in legend that have been discovered to mm-hmm. be real. So, you know, I'll just leave that right there. But anyway, we got off discussing all of this stuff. And like I said, poor Chris's assignment has been to just <laughs> been watch all of these shows. So he's got the, current cultural uh entertainment value the <laughs> current cultural thinking within all of this stuff and also it was amazing once we got to talking how much things have changed yeah. since about 2000 until now in in the mindset and the thinking behind some of these occurrences i don't know besides supernatural i don't know of a word that would describe and engulf all of this is there one
1: I, there's so many different terms I've seen used. I've seen uh, supernatural, I've seen paranormal, I've seen, uh, you know, cryptozoology. I mean, I, I think it's just, I think the term I'm hearing that's being used over and over again. And, and the guys that I first heard use it is got me is what got me started down this road again uh, is the term high strangeness. And the first time I heard it was from the guys, uh, that do what's called ha- a haunted podcast. And that's, uh, two Christian brothers, Brian Save and Ben Garrett. And like like you, Rich, I grew up reading all the UFO books, all the uh, Loch Ness Monster books, the Bigfoot books, all of it. You know, I, I was died dyed-in-the-wool believer of all of it. Um, and the funny thing is I can tell you of things when I was younger that I absolutely thought I saw UFOs, and as an adult, I now know what I saw because the first time I remember, the first memory is looking out my father's window when we were visiting here in Nevada and where he lived literally faced the uh, the flight path of, of uh, aircraft coming in. As a kid, I, I lived in southern Indiana. Now, you would think I saw Bigfoot out there. No, there was lots of woods, no Bigfoot. Uh, but this planes would come in and I'm not used to a flight path. And I see something go past my window with lots of blinking lights. And I'm almost positive. I see UFO and, and I'm hiding under my bed and that kind of stuff. It was an airplane. <laughs> uh, I, and I remember another time when we're driving down the road, myself and, and cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff are in, in a car. Like, and this is back when we had station wagons, like big vehicles, lots of space. Um, And we're we're hiding in the back of the station wagon because we see these lights going up and down, and we we think it's planes chasing UFOs. There's an airfield off in the far distance. We didn't know any better, so it was. But those were the things that I I ate up as 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 a young child, as a teenager, even even going into college. I I was absolute believer in this stuff, and as a Christian, my my worldview dramatically shifted, which is one of the things we can get into. About how I now viewed the world and viewed the universe as God's creation, and pu- all those things got put away. And and, and it, it, every once in a while, yeah, like I, I'd stumble across something on the internet, and it would. I ended up on back. back with, y'all, y'all remember kind of like chat boards, you know, ch- you know, not, not not chat rooms, like. It Kind of like Reddit is today. You would have a website and then you would go in and create an account and you could post stuff and respond to stuff. Kind of like Reddit. But these were like chat boards. And I remember being like it, early, like a couple decades ago, getting on a chat board in a Bigfoot room and being like the, the uber skeptic and like destroying everybody's <laughs> good time. Uh, but Well, for the, go ahead.
0: full disclosure in tonight's episode, for the most part. We're not going to address whether Bigfoot's real or not or this is real or that's real or, or you know, the thinking behind every little thing. We're, we're talking in general terms yes. because I know that we have some faithful listeners that believe certain things and mm-hmm. they truly believe that they believe this and really, really believe that what they believe is true. Yes. Um, I'm, I, I don't want to pop anyone's bubble. There's one of these topics I will State and declare is false, but I'll wait till we get later on in the show.
1: So, but anyway, so what prompted my resurgence into this, and I, I really resisted listening to this show, was the Haunted Cosmos podcast. Um, oh, I
0: thought you were talking about this one. No,
1: no, I don't listen to this show at all. I can't stand the sound of my voice. I don't know how y'all listen to it. It just that you guys, you guys are patient. Um, so I, no, I don't listen to our show. That that's. That's creepy. It's creepier than this stuff. Uh, listen to your own voice and, 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 and think about all the things you said wrong. And anyway, so I had, I, when Haunted Cosmos, Cosmos Podcast came out, I, people were going gaga over it. And I'm like, no thanks, not interested. And one day, I, I, my, I, I, I have been a podcast binger for a long time. But in recent, maybe year, last couple years, I've really pulled back on a lot of that. And there's only maybe a couple of that I'll listen to. And so sometimes I'm just, I'm like bored and I'll go look through my list. And, and so one day I forget what the topic was. I think it was moth the, the Mothman stuff that uh, down in Point Pleasant that they were talking about. And I'm like, wait, what's that? I, I Listen, I knew of the Jersey Devil. I knew of Bigfoot. I knew of all these different ghost, ghouls, and goblins. I had never heard of Mothman. I'm like, what is this? So that's, Isn't that the one in New...
0: Well, just for my own, because I've heard that, but it's been yeah. years. Is that the one that's like around New Jersey? Yeah,
1: Point Pleasant, New Jersey. Okay. And so I, tu- I tuned into that one. And I'll be honest with you. Brian and Ben, dude, th- those guys, their production quality of their show is fantastic. They know how to. They do their this what they call a cold open, which is just like a reading of an account that they're going to address on that program. They have the 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 spooky music. They have the sound effects to it. These guys did work. Okay, this is this is like full experience listening, and so I got hooked. And now I'm I'm learning about this this creature that supposedly exists. Existed and it was all around a time right before this this bridge had, had collapsed uh, between New Jersey and I think it was New Jersey and Pennsylvania I can't remember now and um, and prior to that were all these appearances of this so-called Mothman creature this bizarre you know six eight ten foot tall creature with wings that never flapped them but it was just it was kind of like Superman, just kind of lift off the ground and drift off and shoot off into the air, would keep up with cars, would appear to people and then disappear into the night. And I'm like, whoa, what is, I've never heard of this. And these guys told a very interesting set of, I think it was two podcasts that they did on this. And that kind of revived that spark of, okay, what is actually going on? Now, to Brian and Ben's credit, they do not treat these as if they are proof of um, creatures that exist that we don't know about, or they don't. They don't add talk about like aliens as if they exist or ghosts are real. They really do. I believe try to make a biblical. Is like if this did actually happen, then biblically, what what should a Christian view of this? And they they tie it to. Um, Look, I I like Brian and Ben's show. I'm going to listen to more of it. I do feel like they tie everything to... It sounds like every one of these things, everything is a demon. And and I'm not the type of guy who thinks there's a demon under every bush. I I, I tend to be... Maybe it's because of 24 and a half years of law enforcement experience. I tend to be a little bit more analytical and a little bit more... A little quicker to be not... uh, how, how, How can I say this? I'm not so fast to attribute every eyewitness encounter as proof positive that something was actually seen or experienced because uh, while eyewitness testimony is absolutely vital in criminal investigations, eyewitness testimony is also oftentimes very unreliable because if you have an event that let's say you're walking into Walmart and a violent uh, uh, altercation takes place and it happens rapidly you and the 16 people around you are all going to focus on something slightly different. Somebody will focus on the guy's facial features. Another person will focus on the clothing. Another person will focus on a weapon if it was used. Another person will have heard things but didn't quite see things. And so uh, the trick as an investigator is to collect as much eyewitness testimony as you can and paint a fuller picture. Hey, brother. Yes, go ahead. Can I share some boring
0: science? By all means, go right ahead. Why that? About why all of that occurs, and it actually overlaps into sightings such as Bigfoot, Mothman, Mm -hmm. aliens, UFOs, and all these other things. When we get excited, or when we experience extreme fear, Mm -hmm. um, you could basically say there's fun fear, and then there's fearful fear. But in both cases, your adrenaline glands are influenced when we experience that really heightened sense of fear. Dopamine releases in our brain, and it triggers adrenaline and, and cortisol throughout our brains, and it changes the chemical makeups to the point to where some for some people, you've heard of adrenaline junkies. That's why they they become addicted to that adrenaline rush, they become addicted to those dopamine that release, releases mm-hmm. those pleasure centers in your brain. People become can become addicted to those types of chemicals, just like, you know, if someone is addicted to comedy or they're addicted to horror shows, it's because, and, and it really it overlaps into things such as pornography, mm-hmm. it becomes an addiction because of the chemicals it creates in our body that stimulates our pleasure centers. When it comes to things that frighten us, or in the case that Chris shared about a holdup or a robbery or Mothman or Bigfoot and these other type of things, we can get so flooded with those chemicals that it will askew our view and our understanding and it also affects the memory center of our brain as well as our cortical, you know, our eyes, Mm -hmm. what we actually see. So, um, with you, in your expert opinion, how bad did I butcher all
1: of that? No, I think you—I hit it. I think you hit it right on the nose. And there's also when you're experiencing that fight or flight, uh, you know, uh, sensation, you can get tunnel vision, and so it's almost it, you can have audio and visual exclusion to where you just focus on one thing. So not only do you have like the dopamine rushes and stuff like that, but you also you, you just can have this hyper fixation. And you can see things, you could swear that the person in front of you was, was a white male, six foot two, wearing a red shirt and, and, and black pants. But what you did is you filled in certain details as, as as you did this, oh my goodness, and you run. You look, you see, and you run. And there's your mind will begin to fixate on certain things. And those are the things that come to your mind. And your brain fills in the rest. And you're almost certain it could have been, but then when you, if you were to look back, say at a, a live feed video, you would go, "Oh, that that doesn't." I just could have sworn it was he was five foot, there six foot two, not five foot six. You know, he, he seems Sad. so large. You know, Sad,
0: sadly, when it comes to tonight's subject, there is never any real video to substantiate <laughs> yeah. what has been witnessed, so someone can go back and look and say, "Oh, okay." I really saw that big giant bat flying off and not some dude or some beast lifting off from the shores of New Jersey, just to put it as an example. But um, yes, there have been quote unquote videos and home movies and Mm -hmm. everything else put out, you know, for the last 30 years about certain sightings and whatnot. But, Even then, we can't always believe what we see, especially in today's world with the video editing and the AI and special effects and everything else that's going on. But even with all of that, what I find more interesting in today's world when it comes to some of these areas is the number of street cameras, uh, trail cams, hidden video cameras and everything else. Unless I'm mistaken, no one's ever really produced one that experts 100% yeah. concluded this was not doctored.
1: No, not nothing that. Well, not that, or it's it's too far away or too unclear to to be certain what it is that was seen. And so, anyway, getting a little bit a little too far a <laughs> field here. So this started me, kind of started my. My juices flowing, so to speak, on okay, well then what, pe- what are people seeing? I, I, I get what Brian and Ben are saying, and we can, we'll, we'll talk about that briefly here in a little bit, about if these events are occurring and by the way, with Moth, the Mothman stuff, not only did you have this bizarre creature, but you had UFOs, you had uh, orbs of light, you had people who were speaking as though they were entities from another world uh, and they were, and the reason the book is called Mothman Prophecies is because the writer, uh, John John Keel Keel, uh, anyway, he was getting messages during his investigation of this Mothman stuff, of people who were getting messages from supposedly people who were from outer space, and he's getting these weird phone calls, and some of the things that we're saying were not like a hundred percent on point, but yet, like this is th- something's coming up, and and something happens. And so it's this weird juxtaposition of multiple things, these paranormal cryptid type things that all kind of point to something happening on a particular day and time. And at that t- t- particular day and time, that that bridge collapsed and, and you know, dozens of people lost their lives. And then after the events, all of the appearances seem to go away. And so they're talking about this and I'm like, okay... Now I'm curious, and I go online and I I start looking something something because like what are people seeing? If it's not really a, a a spooky creature in the dark, what are they actually seeing? Now the the the, the investigator side of me is wanting to come out, and it's like okay, what are they really seeing? So read what they wrote. So I go and I find the Mothman Prophecies book, and and one day they have it on sale for Kindle for three bucks, and I I read I read the thing through in like record time because it was just. I'm like, okay, what's happening next? What's going to be the next? What's the next sighting? What what happened here? And the thing that I found so interesting about it was, and I told this to Rich, and, and, and the same thing happened with. I'll talk about the other the other thing that got me. Okay, Mothman. To keep track, Mothman, uh, Skinwalker Ranch. That's another one, and Bigfoot. Those were the three things that I've kind of been binged in the last couple of months. So, I have a
0: quick question yes. before I forget. Did they determine what caused the bridge to collapse?
1: It was it was basically old and um, it was not I think well constructed. It was a type of bridge okay. that sh- they they will not make it anymore because it was there are just some bridge designs that are horrible. It's it's like the if you've ever seen I forget the name of the bridge in in San Francisco or whatever it was so many decades ago now where the bridge started to wave it oscillate and, and, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And all of a sudden it it snaps and collapses into, into pieces. Right. It was not designed well. And that was, I think the same thing with this, uh, pleasant point pleasant bridge.
0: Well, we're, we're going to attempt to avoid any getting in very far into any of these one subjects, but (laughs) I'm the super skeptic in this episode. Oh, you and me both. My, (laughs) my, my first question was, okay, How reliable is the guy that wrote this book? Was he doing this to try to sell a book? Was he communicating with people who had already had plans to collapse this bridge? Thus they (laughs) knew when and how it was going to
1: collapse.
0: That's my default. Setting. But right. anyway, go ahead, brother. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh,
1: no, the, the author of Mothman Prophecies, and let me pull him I, I, It's John Keel. Okay, I did say it right. He was like an investigative reporter type of individual. And um, he actually was one of those guys that during the height of the, the Bi- uh, Bigfoot and UFO investigation crazes was going on, he was one of those guys that went and investigated these things. And, and wrote articles and wrote stories and, and uh, wrote up the books and stuff and that were being bought up so keel was is kind of one of those names that's well known in and that at least as I'm learning uh, for being an investigator and 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 writer on these issues so but
0: full disclosure he was making money oh, off yes of his investigations and in these books.
1: Oh, yeah, and that's Uh-oh. why I say, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, it, please do not understand me to say I think he was, like, a, a reliable individual, but the he, the thing that I found that was kind of funny, and, and I noticed, and I'll get to it with the Skinwalker thing, too, the thing that I thought was funny is, after I read his book, John Keel made a, a postulation in his book of, he doesn't believe there's aliens, he doesn't believe there's bigfoot he doesn't uh you know believe that mothman was some strange creature he has this term i think it was called ultra dimensional beings and his term his idea was that there is these dimensions that exist alongside it's kind of like okay that if you've watched the marvel movies the multiverse right you know uh you know the, the the doctor strange multiverse of madness and how there's these this uh this other dimensions that can be accessed by uh, from their side to ours, but not the other way around. And I laughed when I got done with the book, because there's a meme. If you've ever seen it, it's this, it's like a math test and there's this written in red ink on there going, I don't know how you did it, but you got the right answer using the wrong equation. Right. And I looked at it and I went, "Keel and others utterly reject Christian faith, religion, the whole nine yards. But they they accept the plausibility of a dimension existing outside of our own, coming in and interacting with ours. And I'm like, dude, you just got the script flipped. You're, you, you think religion has got it wrong, and it's just these interdimensional beings. You got it wrong. The Bible's got it right. There isn't something outside of our physical existence. It's a spiritual realm, another t- this got a topic for another time. But there's so much of that that's a recurring theme from these individuals who believe in what they call—I guess the term you, uh, to answer your other question earlier—is high strangeness. I keep hearing that one used over and over again, and it's um, if if any of it has any truth. And this is where I I I, I, I depart with Brian and Ben on. I love their podcast. I'm going to keep listening to it. Um, I depart with them on the uh, on this a little bit because they they like a lot of people will go, there are so many sincere people, so many people who would stand something to lose by reporting these things. Why would they lie? And I and, and I agree that many people will sincerely speak what they believe to be the truth. But sincerity is not the test of truth. Tr- truth is the test of truth. <laughs> so you can say you believe that the guy who broke into your house was a six foot two white man, with a red shirt, black pants, wearing a, a baseball cap, but if you, if your description doesn't match what your ring uh, uh, doorbell shows, then it doesn't matter how sincerely you believe it. The, the question is, does what you believe comport with reality? And I, this is where I would... I, I, I love listening to them because I think they've got some good points. I think they just maybe give a little too much credibility to some of the things that are reported. So, um, but that was, that was what kind of started this. <clears throat> and then they did a three part episode long, uh, like long form episodes, not, not just thinking long form. Don't, don't panic. Uh, <laughs> three and a half hour hours on, on, um, climate change, Daryl Virgil, fantastic stuff. By the way, you know, sidebar for them. If you have not listened to the most recent, just thinking on, on the, uh, on the, the issue of climate change, you need to go stop this, go listen to that. This far more important, but spot on job. But getting back to what I was saying, that not long form like in their way, but maybe an hour, uh, hour and a half, two hours per episode talking about something, something else I'd never heard of. A place in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch that since mid-90s to now is supposedly the hotbed of all, again, a conglomeration of bizarre happenings. Zombie wolves that don't die when you shoot them uh you know orbs of light that fly through the air and and shoot past you scaring your horse and making it jump into a ravine uh, dogs chasing the orbs and then getting melted by the orbs um, I'm not kidding that's the report <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me I got I got a ghost in my throat <laughs> um, that typical poltergeist trickster stuff like you put your tool down you walk away you come back it's gone it's now seven uh, uh, it's a 70 pound you know pulse hole digging tool suddenly 30 feet up in a tree um cows going missing and 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 uh, cattle mutilations uh all of these things and again something i not back in the day i i was reading tons of this stuff never heard of this place and okay then,
0: real real quick So far, everything that you were describing is straight out of pop culture, movies, television shows, superhero shows, everything, you know, that's been popular since like 2008, 2010, which I'll briefly touch on now. That has been the recurring Mm -hmm. interest, especially in America. Oh, yeah. It's like like a cycle. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll last about 10 or 20 years. It'll die down for 10, 10 or 20 years, and then all of a sudden an interest in these type of things will spur up again in the no- for another 10 or 20 years. In our show links, there's an, there's an article by jo- Dr. John MacArthur that was, it was, I think it was actually a sermon from 1973 that was addressing the occult and Ou- Ouija boards and tarot cards and fortune telling, and all of that was really big and prominent in the 60s and 70s along with Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens and all these other things. Mm -hmm. Kinda in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, all of that rather died down and I really think the interest repeaked because of certain movies and television shows that became hits and became very popular, which got people interested in all this type of thing again, whether it be, you know, these slasher films, monster films, the 13th films, you know, the dude with the hockey mask. Yes. That one really, really popular show, Weir, Weirder Things. I don't know if we're Stranger allowed Things. to say the act Well, I know. I didn't know if we were allowed <laughs> to say the actual name. but We'll, yeah, we'll say what Things, it is. <laughs> yeah, Stranger Things, because it dealt with the other dimensional demonic type realm and, you know, so many of these other shows, you know, Twilight, and honestly i can't remember the name of this one one with the little sparkly vampires and oh that's Twilight you know, yeah and and if you go through and look at the show titles on all these different streaming networks now one out of every two is something mm-hmm. supernatural based whether it's ghosts or demons or you know interdimensional or something along the weird and bizarre it's like one out of every two so there there it is very a very popular topic Tons of people are interested in it. I think we as humans have an innate interest in mysteries and discovering things that mm-hmm. are unknown and seeking out answers. I mean, you go back to the cartoon that's still popular, Scooby-Doo. I mean, that was the whole basis of the of the cartoon, you know, other than being kind of goofy and funny. But it just is a reflection of still how we think and how we are today. We want to seek out and find new things or unknown things, but in today's world, it actually overlaps a lot with what we see going on within American Christianity is people seeking out and wanting and quote-unquote experience. Whether it be a biblical experience, some supernatural experience, they want to encounter something beyond the normal. And a lot of this really, truly, to be honest, comes from other religions and other cultures who are deeply immersed in mysticism and and superstition and things along the supernatural realm. And that's one of the huge problems with ecumenicalism in the, in the United States is that we've brought in all these other cultures, all these other religions, but we didn't just bring in the false doctrine that they believe in the Bible. They also brought in all of their mystic superstitious type beliefs with a you know the eyes of a statue bleeding all the way down mm-hmm. to voodoo type stuff and all these other things that mixed in with entertainment and pop culture and the interest in these things today in the entertainment and then we see a formula being created to where a show like skinwalker ranch making some of the most outlandish oh claims yeah become so popular. Would you agree with all that, brother?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's really when we stop and look at what's actually going on and whether or not there's truth to this. I, I think I think the guys at HANA Cosmos, again, make some good points about if there's anything to let's just say even a 10% of what's been seen. Let's just throw a number out. That there could be something that deals in the demonic, deals in the spiritual realm. And as a Christian, we recognize that that's an evil thing, that we don't encourage people to p- take part in that, we, uh, and that we serve a God who has, has, is power, has power over all of that. But what makes the, the, I think, like you say, what makes it interesting, and, and it does come in cycles, and I think it's part of the cultural consciousness, as you say. There's, there was a period of time post World War II when all of this was going on. You got the '50s and '60s when all of this was happening, and then there's a shift in the culture, and we're very, you know, like, self-focused. It's either um, you, know, you get the hippie movements, for example, that was drugs, love, and all, and free love, and all this stuff, and in the '80s you've got the the, the power-hungry. You know, people who want power and money. By the '90s, we're we're trying to deal with, uh, oh, our self-esteem issues. And now in the 2000s, <clears throat> we're we're kind of all of those things don't satisfy anymore. So now we're losing our minds and we're trying to define who we are uh, just by what I feel like I am today, right? So it culturally things shift and our interests shift, and so. There's always been oogie-boogie stories. There's always been campfire stories that were interesting. There's always been Bigfoot stories and UFO stories. But, like, the the UFO thing has become big again. Why? Because the government's going, oh, yeah, we're, you know, while the government's busy tanking the economy and and messing everything else up around the country, oh, by the way, did you know we investigate UFOs? Uh, (laughs) Here's video from the Navy. Um, (laughs) Amazing. Um, Okay, finish your story skinwalker segment and then we'll get into the UFOs because that's the one I
0: want to lay into. <laughs> so anyway, I have some I have I have a landing pad for that.
1: So the, I I I listened to this thing I'm like, "Wow, this is weird." I mean, talk about like every ghost story by the fire you ever heard is wrapped up in these three episodes. So by episode 2, I'm now going, "What is this place?" And I'm looking online and I did realize the History Channel. By the way, do you guys remember when the History Channel actually did history? I know I'm a little <laughs> old, but the History Channel used to actually be history a long time ago. Uh, the History Channel, the history on the History Channel, is now history. So it's all it's all this these uh, reality TV programs now. But um, I discovered that they have a series called The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and it's bought you know this ranch after it was owned by some ranching folks in the 90s. It gets bought out. In the early 2000s, by a, a, a rich um, hotel ma- uh, uh, chain guy who's also involved in aerospace uh, uh, you know, uh, work, and he's put all kinds of scientists together. And now he he's interested in these oogie boogie things, and uh, you know, and he want he buys the ranch and and goes and, and investigates it. And after they're done, now this guy who's a uh, you know who's like a real estate mogul up in Utah goes, I want to investigate. My I- turn. And now they've made a History Channel show, and there's they've done four seasons, of which I pinched-watched three. <laughs> I'm sorry. I it, it was the most bizarre show. It, it, you, remember, you know that phrase, it's like watching a train wreck? That's this show. It is supposedly a scientific investigation of the oogie-boogiest place on Earth. And I want to shake these people. now if if you're somebody who does an investigation and you go okay that's weird we didn't get the result we expected an actual investigation goes now let's test every possible hypothesis that could account for this so for example one of the things they do on the show is there's these old what they call homestead 2 it's these old buildings that have been there like decades and decades, uh, maybe like a hundred years ago, they're barely standing. And it's kind of the place where weird things get seen, like supposedly a portal opened during the uh, the first investigation and somebody watched this creature crawl out from it and disappear into the darkness. I'm just telling you what the scientists said. I'm not saying it happened. So that's where this is all supposed to take place. So they go in. Now, I don't know if you guys know what LIDAR is. It's a, it's a type of laser scanner. And they can go in and they can use it to 3D map something. So you can literally make a 3D map of a location, which if uh, on the Bigfoot show, they did this with a cave. It was amazing how how much detail it grabbed. And they go in and they're scanning all around the buildings. They're getting great imagery. And then they go into the building and the scanner doesn't work for nothing because it's all blank when they bring it out. So what is the response? there's something preventing us from scanning. No, you probably have something in there that doesn't reflect laser light very well. It, like, absorbs rather than reflects. Did you Somebody investigate? Somebody turned it off. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that the machine could have broke at that point. Did anybody investigate any of this? See, an in actual investigation, they would do that. They didn't do that. Um, so they stopped doing that because they couldn't uh, get anything. Now, the, I will say one of the weird things about the show it, it, there does seem to be something going on out there is and it has been investigated multiple times both in the previous investigation and this one cuz i read the <laughs> i i grabbed the audiobook for uh, hunt for the skinwalker about the nids investigation during this the previ- previous owner and strange radiation spikes weird radio signals uh, gps malfunctions in places that it shouldn't malfunction all kinds of weird stuff like that. Now I there's no nobody is trying to determine what's causing that. They just keep confirming that thing weird electrical problems keep happening. <laughs> weird radiation spikes, weird radio signals, but well let's let's see if we can get the ranch to respond by launching a model rocket into this zone we think where all this is happening. That's the big thing they keep doing. Let's drill into the side of the hill. Oh weird, we hit a we hear it's it's all sandstone. We've hit this hard portion that's not drilling through. It's breaking off chunks that have, you know, iron, aluminum, magnesium, and some weird, really rare elements that are used in superconductors.
0: Wow. But yet they have no idea why the radar and all these other things go <laughs> wonky.
1: It's like, dude, you found iron ore. Okay, go go dig out iron ore. You find that stuff in sandstone. I googled it. You can find iron ore in sandstone. And just because you have trace elements of superconductor stuff, doesn't mean there's a spaceship in the hill, which is what they actually keep hinting at—that there's a spaceship. Okay, I'm not joking. That's what they said. (laughs) Boring science facts again. Those
0: materials that you described Mm -hmm. will affect GPS, radar. Uh, radio signals and everything (laughs) else. And depending on the atmospheric conditions, whether it's an electrical storm nearby or, you know, sunny or cloudy or whatever else, that will also affect those same type of signals. And lightning and all these other environmental factors will interact with those materials and cause weird readings and your radio signals going all kinds of crazy Mm -hmm. wonky and malfunctioning electronics and, you know, yeah. all these type of things.
1: But again, this is, this is what real investigations would, would attempt to determine, and this TV show is the furthest thing from a real investigation there <laughs> is. Which, well, I, I'm sorry. It's... I,
0: I, I will say this. The people that bought and own all of this, that are making the TV show and, and doing all the things that's been going on since the 90s, there are several marketing geniuses behind all of this. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think they may have hired the promotional department from the state of New Mexico who last week or week before last issued a Bigfoot warning in Tiles County in northern New Mexico <laughs> saying that the Big, that Bigfoot creatures were coming down out of the mountains and issued a warning to the campers <laughs> in the national parks And and this was released from the National Parks and the Sheriff's Department and had signs put up in the camp zones, do not approach a Bigfoot, try to get a picture of it. Um, I I will give them this. I'll give them props. That was was a marketing, genius, tremendous, genius thought (laughs) to be able to bring in tourists. But, you know, like I said, I'm I'm a hyper skeptic in a lot of this stuff. But I can't appreciate the genius in some of
1: these yes. marketing specialists. I, and I absolutely agree. This is what I think the interesting thing about these things is, look, there are some odd things that happen. Like I said, there's even on the show, there are some things that are very bizarre in terms of things that happen that don't seem to have any real explanation. But not having an explanation is not the same as it actually being paranormal uh, supernatural or anything like that. They, there are times when they have bizarre lights that appear in the sky, uh, things that seem to react exactly to what they're doing. But as you say, and, and as I, I think most people can understand, this when you're making a production look real, science is super boring. It to do testable, repeatable, verifiable, falsifiable science. Is extremely boring. You, you, it's and nothing against scientists. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. Real science, real in scientific investigation, means doing things that you that don't sell well on television. So (laughs) or
0: sell books
1: (laughs) or books. Now, you know, so there's a reason why so many of these books, so many of these TV shows. Rely heavily on eyewitness testimony, and again, I'm not going to say that every single person who has ever seen something that they cannot explain has a completely natural explanation. Again, talking, referring to Brian and Ben from uh, Haunted Cosmos, they make an excellent point. We are not. We we remember. We have to remember. We are not modernists. We do not define everything within the scientific box. We are inside, we live in this physical realm, but we know that there's something more because God exists outside of that. And we know that there is a spiritual realm. How that interacts with this world, that's thats a discussion perhaps, well, wow, we're really going long. We'll end up going long if we do that. We might have to do that part as another. If you guys find this interesting, let us know. Maybe we'll do a part two on this.
0: Well, uh, let me share this real quick because we probably won't have time to get to this particular show link, in the show links there there's an article. I think it's I think I don't remember if it's by John MacArthur, but it is actually an excerpt from John MacArthur's Essential Christian Doctrine. Mm-hmm. The, the you know they made a full size book and a more of a compact type book, but the name of the book is Essential Christian Doctrine. They cover supernatural spirits. Angels, demons, Satan, very, very in depthly referencing scripture and laying out what scripture says about these subjects, describing in detail Mm -hmm. what the Bible has to say about demons and how they interact with this realm and what they can and cannot do. Um, The short version that I wanted to add to tonight's episode is far too many, far too many people give. Satan and demons far more Mm -hmm. power than what they actually are allowed by God. As with everything else, if you're looking into these things, if you're interested in these things, if you're wanting to study these things, and I don't mean entertainment like what we're
1: joking (laughs) about tonight,
0: but if you want to go into it deep, you need to read your Bible. And if you're serious about it, pick up a copy, either the handbook or the full-size book, by John MacArthur, Essential Christian Doctrine. Read, Look up in the index for demon and read the section in the handbook version. I think it's page 360, and there's about 10 or so pages. I've been reading through that over the last week or so, and I would love to do just an entire episode on that one section because it is very, very, very good. Mm -hmm. It brought clarity to my understanding of what demon's can and cannot do in our realm, how they interact, um, how they can and will appear historically from the Bible. um, I will say this. um, Based on everything I've read and studied from this book, from other writings, and my 40 years of interest in cryptozoology, the weirdness, Mm -hmm. hyper-supernatural stuff, if you look at the Bible... Demons have never historically in the Bible or referenced in the Bible appear as a Bigfoot or as a ball of light or as some unknown creature. They interact with humans and their goal and their only goal is to distort the word of God. And when the Bible talks about false signs and wonders, it's not talking about some weird apparition floating through a wall it's presenting itself as the true Christ or a true miracle of Christ, but it is the source of it is false doctrine is false signs and false wonders. So um, real briefly, when it comes to the short version of tonight's episode is most all of these things that we hear and see and talk about people today, try to equate it with being something from demons whether it's Bigfoot, UFOs, aliens, alien abductions, ghosts and all of these other things. I'm not going to say 100% that none of it is from the work of demons or the or Satan, but I will say on it, based on everything I've read and studied that is not the pattern we see in scriptures and that is not the historical pattern we see from the Protestant point of view. Right. But um, I'll let you finish and then remind me and come back to me because I really, really, really want to talk about UFOs. <laughs>
1: um, by the way, the the link that you were talking about, uh why we should not fear Satan and demons. It's a Crossway article. It is an excerpt from the, the text that you're talking about that will be in there. It talks about the power of demons, things like indwelling humans and animals, physically affi- afflicting people, terrorizing humans, initiating false worship, false doctrine, false signs and wonders, deceives the prophets, encourages idolatry, engineers death. Those are the things that he's talking about that we find consistently in scripture. So um, that, that, that was just, you know, we want to make sure it's like, I, 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 am I'm, I'm of the mind and, and Rich and I might be diverging a little bit on this. I think there's reason to believe that if Satan and his demons can interact in the world in such a way that they can use anything to, you know, to distract us from Christ and get us caught up in the occult, to get us caught up in ghouls and goblins, in false worship that way, or any, anything that would lead us to believe, you know, that, like the guys who wrote the book on Skinwalker Ranch, or the John Keel who wrote about Mothman, what are they saying? There's, oh, religion's got it wrong. There's an, in, there's a, there's an alternative universe and that's what's interacting with us. And and so and and they will they will point blank say that. The Skinwalker Ranch guy also tried to say that Esau was an example of Bigfoot in religious literature, but I digress. I'm not kidding. He actually says that. Um, <laughs> it, which tells you, okay, the Bigfoot one. There, there's a heavy emphasis on Native American lore and legend about Bigfoot. And, and and they try to say, we see these things throughout history within a lot of legends, a lot of rel- religious literature. And so, therefore, there must be something to it because there must be a big hairy beast running around because the Native Americans believed in it. The, this culture had something similar. This culture had over there. And I'm not joking when I say it. The dude who wrote the <laughs> the Skinwalker Ranch book trying to talk about maybe even bigfoot creatures being seen in the area and talking about their background of uh, in religious literature i am not kidding said I- I- even in es- <laughs> even esau is described as somebody who's hairy and smell bad <laughs> i about wrecked my car cuz i'm living listening to this on an audiobook i went what <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not kidding. This guy made that leap. So <laughs> I'm. I'm still laughing about that one. You've
0: lost it. You I let me I, to take it for a moment. No,
1: no, no. I got. I got it. I got it. But and and now there's a. There are these different television shows. Rich can testify to this. I am. I've been been binge watching Expedition Bigfoot. I am. I'm about done with the third season. I guess their fourth season's getting ready. This is a Travel Channel show. The reason I can watch these is I have Discovery Plus. So I'm waiting for Skinwalker Ranch's fourth season to see how bad it's going to be uh, to get re- <laughs> to get it released. And, and Expedition Bigfoot's supposed to release later this year. So in in in, in three seasons of traipsing through the the, the forests of using uh, uh, thermal cameras, trail cameras. Uh, of uh, uh, what do you call them um, uh, drones with thermal cameras uh, of using a I did not know this thing existed it looks like a little boom box it is a device programmed with animal sounds so that if you're the type of person that goes out into the woods and you're trying to attract animals for study you can use it to generate a wolf sound a bear sound a bird whatever they, they upload it with supposed Bigfoot sounds and they holler them into the night and then every twig that snaps, it's a Bigfoot. They say the only the only thing they've come face to face with is a is a four hundred pound bear. <laughs> and I told Rich, I, I'm watching these shows. I said these idiots are going to get eaten by a bear. I'm telling you, they're going to get eaten by a bear. And did well, the, that... the primate, you know, the primate expert goes chasing down this path, swears this is where the sound is coming from, and the cameraman tells her to stop. Why? Because there's a 400-pound bear right up the path.
0: Well, honestly, if you're running through the forest and a <laughs> giant 400-pound grizzly bear stands up yes. and you get a flash view of it and you turn and run, that same yes. type of not being able to rely on a eyewitness account that we discussed earlier, the same chemical reactions and everything else will apply there to where your brain will fill in the gaps of, but in this case, it'll fill in the gaps of what you actually want to have seen, which will be some big eight foot giant hairy dude. You know, um, I will say this though, when it comes to the Bigfoot topic and the native American legends and all of this, it has been proven that around the world, many of these different legends Mm -hmm. actually had some truth in the origins. So, um, you know, at some point in time, whoever the first Native Americans were that encountered whatever it was that they encountered, it was something real.
1: Uh, um, very but, likely, very likely.
0: But we're not talking about that. We're talking about these television shows and, and some of these other things that, honestly, in today's world, are designed to do nothing but either entertain or get somebody to purchase something or sell Commercial spots or something along these lines. Um, And we may need to do another episode on the theory that all of these things are the work of demons. But like I said, that that book is a really good place to start Mm -hmm. because before we start doing an eisegesis in this type of area, we need to understand what the Bible actually says and have a biblical understanding of demonology and how the supernatural realm works in our human realm because there there's so much mysticism and mm-hmm. super you know superstition that comes from like roman catholicism that has carried over and in, influxed our culture today and has influenced the way that christians think we we really need to be grounded in scripture especially when it comes to some of these topics because our imaginations can mm-hmm. run wild and you know, when we're, you know, all the time bombarded with all of these weird shows and everything else, it can affect our thinking and our imaginations to where we start seeing these things everywhere. As you said, you know, we we can allow ourselves to start believing we see a demon behind every rock. Yeah. And sadly, I see a resurgence of something that that was going on a couple of hundred years ago and stayed prevalent through some religions. But they had the tendency to blame the devil on everything that was wrong. You know, it's not my fault. The devil made mm-hmm. me do it. But people need to understand the most evil thing in this world is our own human depraved heart. And a lot of things that we try to pass off as it's a it's not my fault I was influenced or or tempted by Satan. The Bible tells us that temptation begins in our own mm-hmm. heart and desires. Indeed. And we need to remember that everything that happens is our responsibility. Even in the Garden of Eden, Eve was tempted by the serpent, but God did not just condemn the serpent. He condemned both Adam and Eve for allowing themselves to yes. be deceived by the serpent. Indeed. So even if you are deceived, by a demon and you fall into sin because of that temptation it is still on you it's not the demon's fault look back again in the in the old testament look and go to genesis in the days of noah the world was evil beyond belief every man did what was right in his own eyes instead of punishing satan and the demons who were running loose and Doing all these things and influencing the entire world, what did God do? He destroyed everything on the earth except Noah and those that were in the ark with him. So whether you think that this is demonic or that's demonic or whatever else, Mm -hmm. you still need to remember that does not release you from your individual responsibility of sin as it is in the eyes of God. Indeed.
1: All right, so. We got to wrap this up, but we wanted to get to the last one. And so here's my here's my transition point for you. The same book that talks about Esau, who was a bigfoot. Uh, I'm sorry, it just it just throws me for a loop. Um, they they to justify lights in the sky and UFOs and and their theory of interdimensional travel and stuff like that, they again, appeal to religious literature. Talking about strange beings from the sky, strange lights in the sky, and cite Ezekiel and his vision of the angels in in the in the throne room of God, and 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 the you know how it describes the angels and the wheels that are turning and all of that. And he goes, see, that's 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 evidence of ancient literature talking about lights in the sky. So see, religions got it wrong. A scientist can't even get these things to show up on command and film them uh, other than getting a tiny dot in the background. <laughs> their, their investigation for eight years, got a year and a half of, of, of activity. And the guy admits they, they came up with bubka scientific scientifically. <laughs> it's all, it's all anecdotal. Now, interesting stories. It, it, it was, I'm telling you, you want, you want a good read for ghost stories, you know campfire ghost stories get hunt for skinwalker it's got a lot of them it it was i mean i, I was li- i was i was shutting off podcasts so i could finish this book um but that was that was the thing they're saying that lights in the sky are are things that even religion has referred to and that's proof of interdimensional beings can you know going all the way back into uh our ancient past so the, even the argument of ufo's whether you think they're aliens or whether you think they're uh, you know spirit beings or you think they're interdimensional things that's another thing that is being you know it's it's being weaponized by you know people who are, are investigators to say religion is not true. we've got it right and and that's the sad part is there are a lot of people who believe, They've had some sort of encounter. They think there are aliens. They think that they're there to. hate. They bring us these messages of truth and love, or they're really weird and they dissect cattle. And and I gotta admit the cattle mutilations. That one still bothers me. I don't get that one, um, but the UFO stories and that was the one you wanted to talk about is is still one of the most pervasive things because we do even have unlike say Bigfoot, unlike say ghosts or goblins or fairies, um, uh, or evidence of Atlantis or any of those things. The one thing we do keep trying to, we do have some, I guess for lack of a better term, scientific data for are strange things that have shown up on radar strange things that naval aircraft have actually tracked and, and posted, you know, we now have video of, so that, that one's a weird one. That's a weird one. Um, and yet even then, so much of it is such misidentification. I, I still remember watching back when in the heyday of me believing in UFOs uh, a video of how here's all these lights above this city and they're and this guy's standing out on a ridge overlooking the city and he's got this great in the, back in the days of VHS camcorders, you guys remember those and um, wow, we j- I just dated myself with that one. Probably not, half our audience have no clue what I just talked about. Uh, but great, this VHS recording of these lights, and they're just uh, sitting there. And then one by one, they disappear, and, and they're gone. And everybody goes, see, perfect example of UFOs. Until this particular TV show did a great job. They had somebody go out there in the daytime and video in that same exact direction, and there's a huge hill slash mountain ridge. And he superimposes the daylight video with the nighttime video, and you see when the lights are disappearing, they're disappearing behind the hill. And the the official explanation had been, I think it was the air force using, you know, or the, the local military out there doing uh, night operations with flares. And people, oh, no, 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 they were UFOs. And this guy proved those things disappeared as they went behind the hill. So, so much of it is is misidentification, and yet people who are seriously sincere, and, and again, sincerity is not to test the truth. S- uh, uh, truth is, seriously sincere will tell you, no, those were UFOs. I, they're, they're lying about that. And that <laughs> while there is some things that defy explanation... It's hysterical to watch how wrapped up we will get in these things and just be so convinced and yet we will follow people who will say this is proof of inner dimensions or uh, proof of alien life and and yet they will deny the very God of Scripture, Rich. That's what blows my mind.
0: Absolutely, brother. Um, How much time we got left?
1: Take what time you need. Okay. If we haven't chased them off because we started with all this oogie boogie stuff, if they're still here, they want to hear.
0: <laughs> okay. First, UFOs are real. And the reason I say that, what does UFO stand for? Unidentified flying object. There are objects in the sky that the human normal observer looks at, they cannot identify. So, yes, it is a UFO. Because it is an unidentified flying object. Now, when it comes to being a spaceship or interdimensional craft, eh, we need to look at that boring word again, science. And sadly, we must bring facts into it. Um, the UFO phenomena actually began around the middle to the end of the, of World War II and one reason behind that was little little known bit of military history: the Nazis were experimenting with nuclear powered craft, even even back during World War II, and that prompted the United States and other nations to start investigating what was being seen because soldiers and pilots were observing craft that they, they could not identify that did not respond and react in a way that they could explain because based on their understanding of of aeronautics, that was not possible. Now, keep in mind, like I said, that was in the era of World War II. And because of that, and let me find my note, my finger just slipped and I completely lost it, but I'm sure all of us... Are familiar at this point with Operation or Project Blue Book? Have mm-hmm. you heard of Project Blue Book?
1: Oh yeah, I was big, big believer of uh, Air Force investigation and suppression of UFOs back in the day.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was like in the fifties and in the sixties. But in nineteen forty-seven, the military, the U.S. military, initiated something called Project Sign. And that was in 1947, but it actually, according to some things that you can read, it actually had already began prior to that. And that was in response to some widely publicized UFO reports. And Project Sign was initiated at the request of a general in the Air Force to investigate these things. That was the public statement. The real statement was they were investigating foreign military aircraft and trying to determine whether they were a threat to national security. Um, A couple of decades, not decades, but um, I think it was like in the 50s, let me see if I'm finding out, yeah, and at the same time as that project ended, they started another project called Project Grudge, which was basically another initiative made by the military to debunk UFOs. But, when we get up into the 50s and 60s when it comes to Project Blue Book, what people don't know that during the height of the Cold War, the United States and the Soviet Union both were heavily invested in working on reconnaissance planes that would fly at supersonic speeds at high altitudes to spy on both countries. The U.S. spied on the Soviet Union and other Places and the Soviet Union would spy on us. But Project Blue Book publicly was launched to investigate UFOs and strange sightings. And a lot of this you can find under the Freedom of Information Act. But during the course of Project Blue Book, they investigated 12,618 UFO reports. All but 700 they could explain away as either natural phenomenon, um, civilian aircraft, or, get this, buried deep within their papers was confirmation of the then-super-secret A-12 U.S. reconnaissance plane being spotted. And and this was during the um, 60s era, I don't have the date right here. Please forgive me. Mm -hmm. My fingers slipped again. But anyway, because of Project Blue Book, the CIA actually had a hand behind it because they were the ones supporting the program for the A-12 project, which was a precursor to what was the super spy plane? I can't remember the name of it now.
1: Are you talking about the SR-71 or are you talking about
0: the U-2? The U-2. Oh, it was okay. a precursor A2, to the
1: U-2. Uh, uh, no, you're right. uh, uh, it was the first one, SR-71. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, A-12 was the precursor to SR-71, the supersonic one.
0: Yeah. Anyway, all this led up to, get this, in the late 60s, they started working on trying to develop stealth aircraft. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, it had been a- attempted by several countries with, with moderate degrees of success but even going back that far, stealth technology was was being developed and being tested. And in today's world, you know, we know all about the stealth aircraft, the stealth bombers and all this. What we don't realize is that's not something that, oh, let's, have a, let's try this, and it's on the drawing board, and then they make. No, there's decades of research and development mm-hmm. behind some of these military aircraft, watercraft, and landcraft. In this case, they were even developed developing drones in the late 60s mm-hmm. now think about that it's only been in like the last 10 or 15 years we've really become aware of drones so in the 60s 70s maybe the early 80s their technology was going you know more was developing farther and farther and farther and they had already developed and started testing stealth technology so during that era all of these you know Airport Tower reports of, well, we don't report anything on our radar, or military ships saying, well, we don't report anything on our radar, we see it out there, or these flat-looking craft flying over a city that nobody can report on their radar, or this object is moving and, and doing things that no human pilot can do. Guess what? They were testing stealth aircraft, drones, and hovercraft. From the late 60s until now, and it was not until, what, the late 90s, early 2000s, we were even aware of the stealth fighters and stealth bombers. Um, what a better, What's a better way to test some of these aircraft than fly it over a populated area? Test it and see if it can be detected on civilian radar. See what kind of reaction we get from the public. Oh, everybody believes these are UFOs. That's a great cover story. How much of that in, in your history of all this were you aware of, brother?
1: I, I think a lot of that has been stuff that people have discussed. I think when I was reading back on that uh, the, the general accepted thing was no the the, uh, the, uh, or the military doesn't have this kind of technology uh, there's, there's that's just simply not possible based on what we knew at the time and um, so I, I, I'm not shocked that there's there were, you know as you say, decades of research. Um, you know, I live in a state where Area 51 is a hotbed of discussion, and that's where the SR-71 was developed. That's where the F-117 stealth fighter was developed. and Bingo. Uh, you know, and, and that stuff was going on for decades and decades. Um, and how many
0: decades did the government deny that that base even existed? They allowed the public to believe it was some UFO-type yeah. thing. I mean, how much money did that area make in Nevada, selling, I forget the name of that, Roswell. Yeah. How much money did Roswell make off of the hype and the, the you know, well, we have aliens out here and tourists yeah. coming in and out. But when it comes to the unidentified craft, I'd say 99 times out of 100, it is some sort of military or perhaps even a civilian aircraft because the government's developing stuff now that we would think, well, that technology is not even possible. That's the way it's been historically. There's a reason for that. They don't want the enemies of the U.S. government knowing what they're mm-hmm. doing.
1: And the thing is, is that even when it's not something like that, I'll give a perfectly good example. I uh, talked about living, you know, uh, where my father lives at different house now, but he's he's still on that flight path toward uh, to, to the Reno Tahoe airport. And what will happen is aircraft will come, out of the east, heading west, and then they'll bank and then turn, turn south into the uh, airport. And you can stand on my dad's front yard, and you can look to the hills to the east, and you can watch aircraft on approach. And what happens is that aircraft will be st- coming at you for miles. And what do you see? A dot. It's just sitting there. My, we were, we, He and I were talking about it one day. He's like, it's so weird because it'll look like, and then all of a sudden it'll just disappear. And what it is is, because it's so many miles out and it's so difficult to distinguish you, you can't always see the blinking uh, red and uh, red and green lights you see that dot just sitting there sitting there sitting there because it's the you know it's those front lights and then it banks north as it's getting ready to come around to the south so it'll 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 come west bank north kind of make a wide turn all the way around come south but if you're sitting there and watching it, all of a sudden, it disappears. Why? Because it turned, and those white lights disappeared from your view. Because, and you can't see the other lights. Very, you know, if if you're lucky, you might catch them. But it turns, and those white, bright white lights disappear. What did it look? What it looks like happened? It looks like it just flat disappeared. And so, so many of these things, and it's like you guys were talking about all this interesting stuff, but really, you're just kind of you're you're just poo pooing on everything. <laughs> the reality oh. is, what's that? I
0: was just going to say, spe- speaking of poo-pooing poo on everything, <laughs> there, it has been confirmed, and I don't know if aircraft still do this, but depending on the altitude of the of the passenger aircraft and depending on certain atmospheric conditions, um, the little bathrooms they have, I know at one point they would dump the container before landing because it would either freeze and hit the ground or it would burn up. Mm-hmm. A lot of times these... these you know, people reported this burning green ball of light or greening bl- glowing blue ball of light was the airplane dump burning up in the atmosphere before it hit the ground.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, there's a lot of, it's one of those things that we want to encourage people. It's like, I look, I don't care if you listen to something like Han and Cosmos. I don't care if you go on YouTube and, okay, look, Expedition Bigfoot is so absolutely heavily edited and overproduced it, 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 it's a travesty it really is I just, I, these guys are I swear to you they're going to get eaten by a bear that's what I'm waiting that's what I'm watching for is to watch one of these well, guys walk into a bear den and die
0: uh, like I told you I'm more worried about the snakes <laughs> that they're going to walk up on but that's just me because I do not like snakes
1: well I just think it's funny how they are in this deep dark okay tangent they will end up in these deep, dark areas of the forest that supposedly most people never go. And they can't get through to certain things. They think there's something out there, but the thermal cameras aren't working because of the tree line. So, hey, I've got this great idea. I know somebody who has this really awesome tech that can help you. I'll send them to you first off how is it you got these guys on a last-minute phone call to show up in the middle of the forest? Really, dude? <laughs> you really think we didn't, we didn't figure out what you, you arranged this weeks ago? Because uh, that's what it takes. And then the dudes show up in a truck with... This is a cool device, by the way. A massive, like, I don't know, four foot by four foot, or maybe five foot by five foot box. It has a tethered drone... That can go up in the air and stay up in the air for up to 12 hours with a thermal camera. Now, dude, that's stinking cool. That, that is, is cool. That is awesome. And and these are like military-style drones. They they're talking about how they can you can put tra- these uh, devices in the ground that will pick up impact. So uh, they and you can set the weight limit for like 300 pounds, 500 pounds, whatever. So somebody walking by just won't set it off. And if it if you have this impact you know, in that area, not only can you use the drone to look in that direction, you can untether the drone and fly it over, and it can hover up there for 45 minutes and scan the area. So talking about awesomely cool tech. I mean, if nothing else, this show has shown me some great tech. But <laughs> these are three people wandering through the forest trying to find Bigfoot and, and it you're, you're you're doing this live and it's 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 all happening as it's going, except every ounce of it is pro- there's a point where this guy tries to go down this crevice. he's six foot tall, 250 pounds. He's trying to go into this crevice. he can't get down there he's nervous about going down and the cameraman is beneath him filming it. How did the cameraman <laughs> get down there? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So it is. It is. It is pure entertainment. So I don't care if you watch those shows. It you might find more interesting stuff. Good friend of mine, Fred Butler, uh, says there. I forget the guy's name. He says go watch this guy. He's actually far more legit. Um, the, and and actually talks about what people who actually look for Bigfoot do instead of this t- television show. But I don't care if you watch these shows. I don't care if you listen to these podcasts. Just remember. That so much of what is being talked about is, number one, reliant upon eyewitness testimony. Number two, that eyewitness testimony is a tricky thing. Uh, I'll give you a really good example that has nothing to do with oogie boogie stuff. Um everybody that has a conspiracy theory about these about school shootings will often talk about oh there was a, there was like a team of these people and and they're only investigating one guy let me tell you something about how those events happen first call comes in this guy's running into the school he's wearing this he's he's shooting up this section second call comes in this person in the, inside the school is describing this event He, where he maybe ran in with a rifle now he's holding a shotgun. Now this call comes in and he's on the other side of the school. He's pulled his hoodie down so the hoodie's no longer there. You can see his face and now he's got a pistol. And as these calls are rapidly coming in, you're rapidly getting these calls put out to law enforcement which people can monitor with scanner devices. And what you hear is it sounds like there's Four or five different people and four or five different shooters going on. What you have is a rapidly evolving incident where things are changing as they go through. And the reason you have crime scene investigations is because you have to systematically take figure out those calls as they came in the eyewitness testimony as it was reported, and start piecing together the timeline of events. So you amateur sleuths out there who say the police are covering up a, a that it was a terrorist hit with multiple people do not understand how eyewitness testimony works. And so that's, that's free of charge. Uh, so when you're talking about eyewitness testimony and you're talking about things like Mothman or you're talking about things like Skinwalker Ranch or you're talking about UFOs or you're talking about ghosts and goblins or you're talking about Bigfoot... Eyewitness testimony is so vitally important in any kind of investigation, but a genuine investigation doesn't take just a testimony at at its face. It doesn't assume everything about that testimony is 100% accurate. It doesn't assume that tangential things that kind of sound like it might be verification. It means you have to do the laborious work of actually going through and determining whether or not that information is accurate. Rich, you, you see... Okay, here's another fun story from the TV show. <laughs> so I told you about the story where they ran into the bear, right? Yeah. So, so the whole event is they they send out these Bigfoot calls, they get some weird sounds back, she goes chasing after sounds, she thinks, turns out that's the big bear. One of the things that they do with this show that is just absolutely... It's like, dude... I can't believe you guys are, are really editing it this way this bad. Is that <clears throat> while the investigation's going on, the guy who heads up the team never goes into the field. He goes and talks to people. And he talks to this guy who's been collecting reports of Bigfoot stories in the area for years. And so he gives him this interesting story of how a guy absolutely 100% no question about it saw a Bigfoot and then as he's standing there panicked, the thing turns around, drops down to all fours, turns Physically turns into a bear and wanders off, and they go, <laughs> maybe that's why we're, when she went chasing it, it she couldn't find it. What was clearly a Bigfoot, maybe it turned into a bear. So, <laughs> I oh, it, oh uh, other words, the Bigfoot
0: actually turned into, into a, bear. a bear.
1: that's what they're trying okay. to. That's what the 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 report. This guy who collected these stories and and is explaining it to this Bryce guy who heads up the team. He's saying that's what the eyewitness testimony was. Now, going back to what you said about the, you know, the anxiety, the adrenaline levels, the endorphins, uh, and, and, you know, tunnel vision and all that, you see a giant hairy beast, you panic... It turns around and wanders off on all fours, and you see. It later, you realize that's a bear. In your mind, no, no, I know I saw a Bigfoot, and it transmogrified into a bear. That that's how you rationalize it, you know. Or you lied, and somebody else said it was a bit saw the in the same area saw a bear, and now you've got to come up with this story. I don't know which one it is, but well, that... <laughs> I got one.
0: I got one more really interesting tidbit for you that I know we're running over on time. Yeah, way but
1: way longer than we thought. D-
0: Do you remember the old episode of Andy Griffith? It was in black and white, and they actually based a Don Knotts movie off of this episode, The Ghost of Mr. Chicken, Mm -hmm. when there was a haunted house in Mayberry, and the little boy's ball goes into the house, and they hear weird sounds, and the picture's moving, and an axe is floating. Do you remember that episode? Uh, It's been so long,
1: maybe, sort of, kind of.
0: Well, anyway, long story short, the legend throughout the town for years had been this particular old abandoned house was haunted. Well, after Andy and Barney and Gomer go into it and, you know, their craziness happens, Andy discovers that moonshiners had a still in the basement. And they had been doing all this to keep people scared away so nobody would come and find their moonshine (laughs) still. Little known fact that episode was actually based off of a real event in some small town in, in the Carolinas that had occurred like in the 30s or 40s. So that episode, that was actually based off of a real event. My question is, in today's world, how many of these strange occurrences are actually maybe drug dealers or some other type of nefarious individual that are trying to scare people in a particular
1: particular mm-hmm.
0: area to stay away from that area because they're doing something illegal that they don't want other people to find. Is yeah. that not still a possibility today?
1: Well, I mean, it worked on Scooby-Doo, so... It... <laughs> That's literally every episode of Scooby-Doo. Uh, I, I would not be surprised. The idea of using local legends either to trump up tourism, as you said earlier, or to keep people away from an area you don't want them at, which would actually have the opposite effect in this day and age because it becomes a tourist well, attraction, yeah. but it, that's certainly possible, and that's that. That's just the point, is that we've got to be really careful about every uh, a story of a bump in the night to ghost goblins, Bigfoot UFOs, whatever, and uh, assuming that every one of them may in fact be some sort of connection to you know the the spiritually demonic world. Now, might there be some of it? I, I think I am of the mind I'm willing to say say that given that you know uh, uh, you know that S- uh, Satan through Janus and Jambres mimicked the the phony uh, or uh, mimicked the miracles uh, that God worked through Moses, could he then do that for leading people into false religious worship elsewhere? Yeah, I I, I believe that. Do I believe that some things that people have seen over the years that, that, as Rich, you pointed out clearly, the vast majority are explainable. That weird subset that we just can't find an, an explanation for, maybe there's an illegitimate explanation and maybe there's something else to it. If there's something else to it, then perhaps are we dealing with something that falls now into the realm of the spiritual realm where you're having satan and his minions using that for purposes of misleading terrifying and other things i think that's entirely possible but we cannot just assume that there's a demon under every bush and that's what i want to caution people about Like I say, I'm looking at this from an entirely new perspective now, because back in the day, I would have read every one of these books, watched every one of these shows, looked up every YouTube video. Uh, Well, YouTube (laughs) YouTube wasn't around back when I was doing this. Oh, man, I just feel old. Uh, So...
0: I'm older than you. I know,
1: man, but it was just the idea that I was
0: studying this before you were (laughs) I'm what, seven years older than you are?
1: About that, yeah. So it's just but the idea that when we were doing this, we were reading books, reading news reports, whatever, and there was no internet, much less a YouTube.
0: (laughs) Well, there were some television channels that covered it and you know, like in the late nineties was the early days of the internet. Yes. And But honestly, some of my conclusions that I have now, I arrived at those conclusions based on the research I did when I was younger into all of this stuff, especially when it came to the UFOs, even if, and and I know we're way, way over, but even the (laughs) concept of alien visitors since the 40s up until today's world, the description of the aliens that people see have changed and modified depending on how our technology and entertainment has evolved and changed because you know at one point there were little moon men and then there were little green men from mars and then another type of alien that was kind of purple and then eventually we got to the little gray dudes with the big eyes and uh somewhere in there was a reptilian type alien but the point is that over the decades, the type of aliens that people report have changed, and each time the the new, more popular version of that alien has changed, the more people report seeing that one particular type of alien. My question is, if it really is visitors from other planets and galaxies and aliens, did they take turns saying, "Okay, you got this <laughs> decade, we've got the next decade, and you've got the next decade"? Yeah, but no, all, all the, go ahead. Uh, let me sum up, and then I'll let you close out. But all of this entire discussion tonight, you know, really we're re- referencing the entertainment value of some of these things. What I want you to take away from this is if you watch these shows for entertainment and, and you're like Chris, you get a kick out of it and laugh at it and everything else, there's nothing wrong with that. But keep in mind, we can make an idol yes. out of anything, whether it's these type of television shows Whether it's sports, whether it's, you know, sci fi movies, television shows, superhero movies, television shows, you know, secular books, you know, anything, we can make an idol out of anything. When we substitute our primary interest into these things instead of God and the Word of God, we've made an idol out of it. And people seem to forget that our human hearts are depraved and what we want and what we seek and what we desire should first and foremost be Christ and his word and his gospel. When we allow these other things to influence our lives and to come into our lives and to dominate our lives, we've made an idol out of these things and they in themselves may be innocent and nothing sinful about watching a particular television show. But when we put that at the center of our focus and intention attention instead of Christ and His gospel, we've made an idol out of it and we need to stop and pray and repent for putting anything above God and His Word and worshiping Christ in His Word and proclaiming Christ in His Word. Amen. And that's the message I kind of would like to convey as we close out is to be careful there's nothing wrong with entertainment or sports or, you know, having fun or joking and laughing around or anything else. You know, there are some entertainment we should avoid because in themselves they are simple, but something as simple as the Bigfoot hunter show and this type of thing that in itself is not simple to watch and enjoy and be entertained by it. But if you allow it to consume your life and, to the point to where you think you're seeing Bigfoot behind every bush or a demon behind every bush, then you may be flirting with idolatry and you really need to get back to the Word of God. Even when it comes to studying things along the lines of supernatural, if we're studying that and that's dominating our time over the entirety of God's Word, we've made an idolatry out of one aspect of God's Word. And sadly, people do that all the time with, with taking such a stance as they do on some issues in the Bible, to where they abandon the rest of what God has to say about God's word.
1: And amen, amen. And, and just uh, to add one more piece to that puzzle: Look, if you're somebody who says, eh, you know, Rich, Chris, I kind of get what you say that, not you know that there's a limitation as to what Scripture kind of explains." what the spiritual realm does, the, you know, the demonic does, but I still think maybe, okay, if, if you're a little bit more like the haunted cosmos guys and you see more, uh, of that, then maybe we're, we're willing to, to give on, um, just don't get a, Don't get to the point where that's your focus in life is looking for, as Rich said, looking for, you know, a demon behind everything. We, if you're getting wrapped up in that, if you're getting wrapped up and uh, somebody comes to you with these stories and you're oh that's probably a demon, your focus is way off. Okay, it's it it, it can be wise to know. Uh, your scripture tells us to be you know wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And others to to be aware of the of the wiles of Satan and how he can use things to mislead people. And even if it's to go to this extreme, like I said, the honest Cosmos guys will probably take a a, a broader uh view of that than say rich or I would i and I'm 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 willing to go a little bit where rich would say no not so much um but if you start trying to identify everything as demonic everything is here all these different things and you're getting wrapped up in that your focus is wrong remember what is our focus as rich said it's the gospel it's Jesus Christ if you're trying to Go after all these little things, and I'm not, and, and I don't think anybody is. I just want to caution that, uh, and, and you want to spend all your time now chasing after those things. That's not what God Christ has called you to. Christ has called you to worship Him, and, and Him alone. He's called you to know Him and Him alone, and He's called you to spread His gospel message. Now, if you encounter people where these maybe this these accounts are something they believe in, or they've had experience, and you. You believe that perhaps there was there was something spiritual to do to that. Guess what that person needs more than anything. They don't need an, an explanation of how uh, UFOs are not aliens. They might be demons. Rather, that person needs the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like Bingo. it, just like a person who um, is obsessed with pornography or is obsessed with uh, uh, sexual perversion or is obsessed with money or alcohol or drugs or whatever. The, per, the thing they need the most is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then we can address those issues first as we now have brought them to the foot of the cross. So this can actually be an opportunity to pre- proclaim the gospel. If you have someone who desperately believes in these weird entities, dimensional beings, and all these things. Hey, let me talk to you about the God who made all that. You believe there's an there's something beyond this physical realm. Let me tell to you about the God who inhabits that. You know, and let, and let me tell you what he, uh, you know, what he wants from you. Before we ever get into what exists in those realms, let me, let me talk to the, you about the God of all of it. Oh, you, you you like to talk about mysterious creatures. Let me tell you about the God who made all the mysterious creatures. Now you have something to discuss. And by the way, you might encounter people who think that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being. I'm not kidding. That's actually a discussion. Uh, and that was before I ever watched Expedition Bigfoot. I ran across that back quick, in those Bigfoot boards back in the day. I'm not kidding.
0: <laughs> quick side note. I can't remember the, the the man's name, but Logos was selling a book by an author that got into all this, that <laughs> Bigfoot was either the Nephilim or it was a <laughs> demon or something. Oh but Logos, Logos, uh. that big favorite popular
1: Computer program That's that right. I have. Yeah, some, yeah. They <laughs> were selling
0: this book. I I came across an ad, believe it or not, just by accident this week. I did. I meant to screen to do a screenshot, then you know how Twitter does the little thing will jump and pop, and Facebook will, and then you can't find it again. Yes, I can't remember his name. His last name I think it started with an H. But logos was selling this book oh, by this wow. gentleman that addressed all of these different things. So I mean, even within what we would consider biblical Christianity, these things are popping up and mm. books and articles and whatnot are being distributed yeah. within certain circles, even circles that we would not think that they were in. So what right. you said really, really, really does apply even to some of our normal listeners.
1: All right. So we went way longer. We were going to do this real tight. You know, we were going to do an hour, just talk about some funny stuff and and, and, and try to you know tie it back to the fact that there are, there are legitimate explanations for most of this, and maybe there's a connection to the spiritual realm, but really we need to keep our focus on Christ, and we went an hour and 43 minutes. I'm so sorry. Uh, so hopefully this was fun. Hope you enjoyed it. We're not going to do a Haunted Cosmos podcast. That's their job. They can do that all they want, but once in a while, it's kind of fun as Christians to talk about these things that we just, that we're, they're happening around us. These are the interests of the world right now. And and sometimes it's good to know what people are talking about and how we can address it. So if you guys... And as you point...
0: Go ahead. and as you And as you so importantly pointed out, even a topic as bizarre as Bigfoot <laughs> and UFOs, you can use that to yes. transition into a gospel
1: conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully you guys will do that. Now, if you hated this show, please let us know, and <laughs> we won't ever do it again. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, let us know. Um, it, it, it's good to know what, um, what resonates with you guys, you know? And um, if, if sometimes just doing the, an, uh, an off-the-wall program is something that you find beneficial, let us know. If you think we're absolute knuckleheads and we should never do this again, let us know. <laughs> well, but we've been we, doing we this for 7 this. years.
0: We're running out of topics.
1: <laughs> hey, it is our show, so once in a while we're going to we're going to throw an anchor out there and it, you it may not like it, but we had a lot of fun doing it. So <laughs> So thank you for spending time with us. I, I guess you know what? The extra 45 minutes, we didn't give you a show last week. So, hey, now you got the extra 45 minutes back. <laughs> So hopefully you enjoyed this. Thank you for being with us. Next week we will find something far more serious to talk about. Um, <laughs> we promise. Um, and we will love spending more time with you. Thank you guys. And guys, if you could do at least one thing for us. Pray for the, the circumstances that keep coming up. That it's either illness or weather related or something. We we really, really want to be consistent with you guys. Uh, we hate dropping reruns if we, if we can avoid it. And we we hate where weeks that just, it it just, it fell flat. And and we just didn't make the, we didn't make it for one reason or another. Uh, Our rule has always been health and family will always come first. So um, my computer did something weird. I don't know what that was. (laughs) Um, It's the Nephilim aliens from another dimension that sent Bigfoot to mess with my computer. Uh, But we're always going to take care of our, our, our families and ourselves first before we can do the podcast so that we're using uh what we have to honor god and we will always do what we can to avoid missing a show but we it will happen so if you guys would just pray that the lord would make it possible for us to minimize that as much as possible we would be grateful because it it especially this time of year rich and i were talking about it it does seem weird july august temp time frame we just run into problems and um we got to figure a way to make that work better for you all or maybe maybe it's one of these topics we need he and I need to discuss maybe we need to take uh, a small breaks in there to allow uh, allow us to catch up to things that that are, are causing us issues so um please if you'd pray for that we'd really appreciate it and uh, let us know if it it i it, i think it worries us a little bit that we feel like we were letting you guys down so let us know if, if you're okay with the fact that that happens that maybe let us know that too um, because we don't, we don't, you guys have been so precious to us after seven years to have so many of you there that are still hanging on and still paying attention and still being a part of the show and, and, and supporting us in some way. Um, we don't want to let you down. So if, if, if you understand it, it helps us not to know that. So anyway, thank you, uh, Thank you for giving us an hour and 47 minutes of your time on a really weird topic. So uh, we will have a better show for you, hopefully, next week. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Go serve your king, as Todd Friel would often say. And whatever you do this week, as my brother always says, find somebody to share the gospel with. And then whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. God bless you guys. Good night. We'll see you next time.